0: Welcome to How to Deal When the Shit Gets Real podcast. I'm Rietta.
1: And I'm Connie. And today we're here with Khalil Sikander. Did I do that any justice or was it really bad?
2: <laughs> oh, that was that was great. Right awesome. On the
1: well, so tell us a little bit about yourself, moving on from my little blip.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all good. I have that issue all the time. If I gave you my full name, it'd be really, really tough. So well, what's my, real, that? My, my full name is actually Khalil Lal. Anthony Sikander Jr. And wow, so my they put a lot name, of letters. Yeah, so I'm actually half Afghani, um, half Italian. Well, 25% Italian, 25% Irish. Um, my name comes from my Afghani background, from my, my dad's side, so I'm named after my dad. And then my mom threw an Anthony to put a little bit of flavor in it, right? And
0: a little Italian, <laughs> right? Everybody knows exactly. an Anthony who's Italian. <laughs>
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody you know, wanted to call me Tony for a nickname, and I was like, No, I'm okay. Khalil, Khalil works for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyway, so Khalil, talk to us about um, I know you in your pre-interview you mentioned about your childhood and how it wasn't always the greatest. And I know it's probably not the greatest thing to talk about, but that's why this podcast is how to deal when the shit gets real. So kind of walk us through that a little bit. Tell us what you went through and how kind of you got started.
2: Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I I grew up in Brooklyn, New York was was where I was born and raised. Um, My mom was a single mom raised, uh, well, three of us to start by herself um, in Brooklyn, New York in a very tough situation. Um, It wasn't until I was about 12 years old in which my mom met my stepdad. And um, before she actually met my stepdad, my mom was very abusive. Um, She learned that from her upbringing. And so I was physically abused, emotionally abused. Um, you know, I, I remember just crawling underneath the bed, trying to hide from not getting hit by a phone cord, you know, or, 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 or oh. a whip or a belt or something like that. And, and so, and I don't blame my mom for that because she was trying to break the generational curse. But it wasn't until I uh, 12 years old, my mom met my stepdad who was actually an alcoholic. And then that's when the tables were turned in my life. But it kind of got really, really bad in which my mom um, started to be abused by him, um, and I saw the emotional toll on my mom, and the abuse got worse, and uh, the alcoholism took over, and I could just see how my mom was being ripped down, and my home life was just very, very difficult. Um, But I couldn't really escape it, because if I tried to escape it, I was going out into the world, into where, where Brooklyn, New York, is a very tough environment to grow up in. I was surrounded by drugs. My cousin was a drug dealer. Um, gang violence, street violence. You know, I, I've seen shootouts. I've been shot at. Um, I've, I've I've gone to school on school buses where I look out the window. I see dead bodies laying in the street. Um, and and my childhood was rough. It was, it was it was difficult to see all these traumatizing experiences in my life and. And I had an absentee father. My father was never around. I remember standing at the window. Um, my mom used to say, I used to stand at the window waiting for my dad because my mom used to say, hey, your dad's going to come pick you up. And I'm like so excited, wishing I could see my dad. And I'd stand at the window for hours at a time, and my dad would never show up. Um, and so so this, th- these traumatizing experiences, you know, just led to a lot of a a lot of identity crisis, in a sense, oh, yeah. trying to figure out who I am, if, if people love me, if I was cared for. So my childhood was really, really a, a difficult time in my life. So that was my upbringing. That's that's what I was uh, accustomed to.
1: How did you get over all of that emotional trauma? Did you go to therapy? Did you just have to work it out yourself?
2: So that's a great question. Um, not to go too far ahead, but... Um, I've I've struggled with this trauma my entire life and never really dealt with it until recently around two and a half years ago where I had to face a, a very difficult time in my life where I almost lost my entire career. Um, I'm in the education world and we'll kind of get to that in just a minute. But I started to go to therapy about two and a half years ago and to deal with all the ghosts from the past to attack this head on and really deal with the struggles that I have because I have been diagnosed with PTSD. And so oh, yeah. without that therapy, without that, uh, without that help, I, I wouldn't be able to overcome the difficulties that I face. So yeah, I do course. seek therapy and I go to it all the time. So yeah, that's how I deal with it.
0: It's so hard to hear that people have a rough childhood. Cause like growing up already is hard enough, let alone having oh, yeah. everything else that you had thrown at you. So, I mean, that's amazing that you were able to be where you are now.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Well, and also the other um, kind of like heartbreaking thing is that if only like therapy and stuff was included in like school education, you know, they have counselors and stuff, but like maybe these kids need to see a therapist at school, you know, just for like a mental checkup. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people can't necessarily afford a therapist, but at the same time, like, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it well, that, sucks that it was only yeah. two and a half years ago. Something mm-hmm. like that should have been available much sooner.
2: A- absolutely. See, uh, as, a, as a school teacher and as a speaker, I kind of touch on exactly what you speak about. Um, the statistics say that a child before the age of 12 experiences at least two Two very traumatizing experiences in their life, like really hard traumatizing experiences, and that leads to once again to down the road uh, to mental mental illness. Mm-hmm. And um, we have to attack that at an early age because, as you can see, the world is getting crazier and crazier, and kids <laughs> are going to the kids are going to see it even even more. It's going to be more often inside their home, on TV, on the internet, on TikTok, on Instagram. They're yeah. just bombarded with this information as uh, that happened in the world. We, as educators and as a as a coach, we try to help kids get these uh these specialists in our schools because the counselor really doesn't do much justice. They can talk to them, but yes. they're not mental health professionals. Exactly. We got to get mental health professionals into our schools. Yeah. So.
0: yeah absolutely so since you didn't get help until later down the road unfortunately is that part of where your love of basketball came from as an outlet
2: A- absolutely um without basketball i'd probably be out in the streets selling drugs going down the wrong path 100 percent um i was able i was pretty fortunate you know new york city is the mecca of basketball right um mm-hmm. if you haven't heard that's what that's what everyone says and if you're not playing basketball, you're probably selling drugs. One of the two. That's how the environment works <laughs> in the inner city. Um, and so I was able to fall in love with basketball, and I had some great mentors in my life um, that really led me down a path um, to finding my own greatness in the world of basketball. Um, I, was, I wasn't I was a big kid. I was probably – I mean, when I was growing up, I'd probably be 5'8", soaking wet, probably 120 pounds. So I wasn't a big kid. Um and they just instilled a work ethic in me. And I was always on the basketball court at least 8 to 10 hours a day playing basketball. Um, wow. These mentors really, it really guided me, really directed me. Um, and I fell in the game, fell in love with the game so much that um, it changed my life. I was able to get a college scholarship and, and, and visit places that I never imagined that I would visit in my entire life. And though, I, and I owe that all to the mentors in my life that helped me get there.
0: That's awesome. I mean, what a great story. You find the love of a sport and it just carries you through.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know. And it's not, you know, I'm blessed, but it's not just about sports. Any extracurricular activity out there, if you find Mm -hmm. a passion and you love it, go for it. And it can change, change your world. It can change your attitude. It can change your outlook on life. Um, and that's, as a, as a basketball coach and as a as a teacher, that's something that I really emphasize. It's not just about sports. It's about finding something you love, finding your creativity, and going for it. And you can you can change the world. You can change your own world, and you can do some great things with it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, especially because it also keeps you away from all the dangerous situations. It keeps you away from the drug dealing, it keeps you away from the abuse. That's why people th- like how you found basketball. It's also another way to stay away and you're not going to be surrounded by something even more dangerous.
2: Uh, absolutely, absolutely and and you 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 hit it uh, perfectly because My friends, I I had friends that were all into that, you know, the gangs and the the drugs and things like that. They chose to go that direction. I would find myself on the basketball court, and then I would meet back up with my friends after my long days on the court, their long days on the street corner, and I'd match up with them, and and we'd talk, and they'd give me this crazy experience that they've talked about that was pretty, like, over-the-top, like, crazy life-or-death situation, like, shootout stuff and 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 Mm. just beating somebody up or robbing somebody and or or something crazy like that and I'm sitting there going man I'm so glad I wasn't there something bad could happen to me if I was involved in that situation so I always found myself staying away from those nasty situations where it could have you know taken my life
1: or gotten you in
0: jail one or the other
2: absolutely those are your two options that route (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, So you already kind of touched on it about you found some of your greatest uh, mentors and inspirations in the basketball world. Is there any certain person or certain memory that really sticks out to you?
2: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, To be honest, in our environment, it actually takes an army, right? I I truly believe in that, Not, not just in that environment, but I believe that all across the board, no matter what your circumstance is, you need an army of people to help raise you into a a good human being. Like they say, um, it takes a village. (laughs) Absolutely. And um, I had that, I had that opportunity. And what was the cool part was, as you can see, I'm a fair-skinned individual and I grew up in an all African-American community. I was the the white sheep, so to speak. Um, If you ever look at one of my classroom uh, pictures when I was a young kid, you have this single, you know, pale skin kid, and I'm surrounded by a lot of color, so you can actually point me out pretty easily. And, um, <laughs> but the cool part was is I never felt that way. I always felt well, accepted. I always felt a part of it. Um, yes, you know, as children, we all make fun of each other and our ethnic backgrounds and things like that. But I never felt like I was the outsider, and yeah. and so I actually, so I actually um, had a great uh, blessing to to grow up in that environment, not feel that way. And it led I to mean, me finding, go for it.
0: I was just going to say, kids aren't naturally like that. Kids aren't, they don't see mm-hmm. skin color. Yeah, well, they pick on each other and they yeah. have fun and they do all that, but they don't, they don't see race.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that was the same thing. That was what I felt from that community. And I felt that from my mentors. And like I said, there's three individuals that really stepped out that really, you know, from my memory. And, and like I said, there's a lot of people out there, but two in particular were basketball coaches. One was named Mike Senior. The other name was Bill Calhoun. And then I call him my big brother because I, I still talk to him to this day. He texts me every Thursday. We call it Family Thursday. And he texts Aww. me all the time. And he always checks up on me. Um, anyway, his name is Prentice Smith. And and they just um, they just embrace me as their own, you know. They knew I didn't have a father in their home. Um, they knew I had difficulties just like any other other kids in our neighborhood who were going through the same type of environment I was going in. Um, but they embraced me as their own. I, I looked at them as father figures. Um, they inspired, you know, work ethic, sacrifice. They, um, they inspired a lot of uh, belief in myself to find my self-love and find who I truly am as a human being. And to use my talents for good and not use my talents to hurt. Um, and so those three individuals just truly um, lifted me up. Um, they always put me on a pedestal, not to make me egotistical, but just to, uh, to give me confidence, to believe that I can take over the world and change my life. Um, and so those, those, those three men I'm forever grateful for. Um, again, I remember walking up and down, you know, the streets of Brooklyn with, with Prentice. Um, he actually introduced me to one of the greatest basketball players New York City has ever, ever seen. His name was Booger Smith, was in, in Sports Illustrated. And I used to play with Booger Smith every Tuesday wow. and Thursday in the Salvation Army. Yeah, it, it, it's a big deal, and I don't really talk a lot about it, but it was Prentice who put me in that situation to, to really challenge myself as a basketball player. And I, and I played with some of the greatest basketball players New York City has ever seen because of Pernice, because he believed in my ability and he believed I was going to become something great. Um,
0: That's so, so he's cool. A
2: that, he's a man that I admire and to this day. Like I said, he texts me every Thursday and he gives a family check-in and it's just something special that I, that I don't take for granted. And so P is a very special and inspirational leader that I'll always look up to.
0: I love that he texts you every Thursday because... Sometimes even our truest friends don't do that. So I love that yeah, he right? checks in on you.
2: Yeah. Uh, and he knows my mental struggle. And so he really is taking that. That like Again, he's my big brother. He takes that bigger brother role and really takes it seriously. And he's always, again, texting me, calling me, checking up on my children, making sure they're all right. Man, it's it's been a blessing the last two and a half years because he's been there through every step of the way through my difficulty as a teacher
0: that's a good friend yeah
2: so truly family truly family
1: yeah As, um, so what inspired you to become a teacher and, and coach
2: um again those those inspirational leaders and my mentors still a lot of wanting to give back um mm-hmm. they, they were they were givers not receivers and that's something that's has been ingrained in my soul and ingrained in my heart is to be a giver and not a receiver. Um, that was the first part. The second part is, is as a college athlete, I've been through a very, not just a college athlete, but a high school athlete. I had some very terrible high school coaches, uh, terrible coaches, period. Just a high school coach was very difficult. My junior college coach was very difficult. My division one coach was very, very difficult. And I was never able to gain a really strong relationship with any of them. Um, I never, besides my mentors and my leaders that I had at home, they instilled in me how to build relationships. They instilled in me how to touch someone's strengths and make them find their strengths and lead them down that path so they don't focus on their weaknesses. Um, And and I learned that in the game of basketball, and I wanted to, to, once again, be a giver, not a receiver. And because of those experiences, I didn't want anyone else ever to feel the way I felt in those three situations when I was playing for those individuals. And, and I know how important education is in, in, in our lives. Without education, I would have never been able to play basketball. I would have never had that opportunity. And I had some really, really good elementary school teachers as well that put me down that path because I always felt loved. I always felt, um, the word is invincible in a sense. When I was in school, I felt like I was this invincible kid and that I can create and dominate whatever it is I want to do and accomplish in life. And those people instilled that in me and I wanted to give that back. And so that's the reason why I jumped into the educational world and coaching world and, and had, have had a lot of success doing it. What grade do you teach? Uh, high school. So 19- Ooh, you're 12. brave.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A long time ago, I wanted to be a high school teacher as well. And then thought, no, I don't want to deal with this and walked away.
0: (laughs) And now I work for (laughs) Dell. I think it definitely takes a very special person to teach high school kids and not because they're bad or reveter. That's just a hard time in your life. I think about myself when I was in high school and- I wouldn't I have wanted to bad. deal with me.
1: I, I tried to not, like, I put that in, like, high school in the deepest, darkest recesses of my mind. So that I never have to think, like, like that period didn't happen. I wasn't that person it never happened and we're just going to move forward that's what happens in my mind when I think about high school I'm like "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going there it was bad (laughs) it wasn't even like a bad kid I just like did not like me I was like oh you had questionable tastes (laughs) Connie
2: (laughs) but that's what I'm saying is that you make a perfect point and that's why I love I love being a teacher well I I shouldn't say love it anymore as I say this podcast about when shit hits the fan and as a school teacher shit has hit the fan for me and so I've really kind of I've, I've lost some love for teaching but at the same time I'm going down a different route so I can continue to spread that love for teaching um, because I know how important teachers are but mm-hmm. like you they said are. just a minute ago you, you talked about you just talked about how as a, as a student you couldn't figure out yourself you didn't know about who you were as a person right and I think mm-hmm. that's the important piece for our education system that we're missing is Absolutely. children and, and, and athletes don't love themselves enough because the world is so cruel and we have to teach our kids how to love themselves so they don't have the experiences that you just mentioned, right? Are, are, are we going to have difficulties? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's hard. It's hard for, for, for you to figure life out. But if we don't teach them the proper way to find that, how will they want to be successful in life? How will they find their passion? How will they find what it is they love to do to, 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 to change their life for the better? So yes. again, as as for me, when I'm going through all this traumatizing experience and I get to high school and I don't know how to deal with my anger and I'm an upset person and, and, I, yeah. and, I, and I and I lose it and I go crazy because I don't know who I am and I don't love myself enough because I was pretty, I, I'm a, I was an angry kid. Yeah. And that was a reflection As you had of... every
1: right to be, I would be <laughs> angry
0: too.
2: <laughs> and so yeah. anyway, yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. That's, it's a great conversation that led into that. Yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like we talked about. Awesome and like we talked about before, cause even myself as a, as a teenager in high school, um, I lost one of my best friends and all they offered us was counseling and it was, it was a great segue, but now as an adult, looking back now, like I wish they would have given me so much more because like you talked about, it's something I, I still struggle with. I mean, you're not supposed to It should to have been a friend. De- therapy, not just yes. some counseling. It should have been some yeah. therapy. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, dealing with death is hard enough when you're an adult, let alone when you're a 15 year old kid.
1: And you've lost a friend who's 15 years old and who should have never passed away.
0: Exactly. So your ideas for revamping the system are much overdue. So are you going to run for,
1: what is it like when they do like the school districts, like the board, run, run for the board? Be like, look, guys, I know where you're going wrong. We need to revamp this. We need to bring in some therapists. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: I, I I actually went up to the state capitol the other day for our union and the bills that they want to pass in in the state of Utah are pretty pretty over the top is it, it, it's it's saddening honestly it's saddening can when, i ask what
1: life, what are these what are they trying to pass
2: absolutely like so um one of the bills was um a teacher has to post all their lesson plans online as long as well as their their um curriculum and then after they post it parents have the right to to have an objection? No. And if they object to it, yeah. And if they object to it, the teacher has to revamp the lesson plans within five days and then change it and then it has to be approved again. No. Um, oh, That's crazy. Oh, oh, yeah, it was. I like. Yeah, I already then, want to
1: argue against it. Like already, <laughs> i already like. Ha- I already have like bullet points of why that is horrible. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. So they're micromanaging that, and then another bill. <sighs> they just put or in talks about is that uh, a parent has every right to sue a teacher um for any of uh, anything like literally anything if they sit, felt that their kid was discriminated against if they felt that the lesson wasn't for them or something of that nature that that parent has every right to sue the parent for for emotional damage and things like that oh it my was, god it that's was, insane it, it was it was yeah it was pretty crazy and, and so I'm, I'm trying to help the unit right now um, to support, you know, not having this happen um, and being a yeah. voice for our teachers.
1: You, you know what this all kind of seems like to me? It seems like you just want to put your child in a bubble. And you don't really mm. want them to learn anything. You just want them to stay sweet and innocent and pretty in their little bubble and not have anything ruin their 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 precious universe. Like, that's what it seems like to me. It's like, you don't really care about what they're learning. You care that you, they're not learning things you don't want them to know, even though they exist. And you can probably Google it.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, uh, yeah, that's right. ah, yeah.
0: it's well, just a people- whole nother level. And then people wonder why we can't get good teachers. Yeah. Oh yeah. You would, if those bills passed, everybody would be like,
1: peace, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Like, no, thank you.
0: Yeah. It's no protection for the teachers. Why are they going to want to put their neck out for these students? If they have absolutely no protection whatsoever, nobody's behind them.
1: You know, it's weird though, that this is exactly why I didn't want to be a teacher because you're talking about the, you know, the parents looking over your curriculum, right? But essentially, that's already what like, the board does, they approve what you're supposed to be teaching. And I just didn't like that. I was like, but what if I wanted to teach it a different way? Like I've learned how to teach it in multiple ways from like classes where you don't have like, cause I was a history major and everyone's like, so it's just dates. It's chronological order. I'm like, not necessarily, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. You're very like narrow-minded in your history class, but that's how everybody does it because that's what they're told to do. And that's when I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this.
2: And val that- and they're all valid points again you're looking at for me i'm a i'm a p.e. teacher right and luckily for me right now i, I was able to avoid the uh, whole pandemic thing because i actually switched to online schooling before before the pandemic hit so i was actually pretty blessed to get out of the classroom and now i'm just strictly online and i've been online for the last two years now so i haven't had to experience the whole Kids with masks all the time and tell kids to take off their mask and you have to do this you have to do that parents calling in and I haven't had to deal with any of that so my mental health has been really really um, (laughs) you've been blessed blessed in that point yeah as a teacher
0: yeah absolutely I wish
2: absolutely but again to yeah so to 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 kind of go along with what you're you're saying is, is as a school teacher not I've been through very, very tumultuous situations as a school teacher. One, I've been bullied and harassed by administrations, and then I had my my uh, positions removed. I've been moved schools before. I've I've been called a terrorist by a board Whoa. member in front of my colleagues. Oh, absolutely! Like this is true story stuff. I'm not I, when people when the people hear my story, I go, "This is true. This is true stuff." And I'm mad for and you. And it, I just heard it five it, seconds ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah. And I was called a terrorist in front of my colleagues. And then she proceeds to say, um, I tell my family to look out for people that look like you at whoa. the airport when they go to the airport.
0: Whoa.
2: It's so, whoa.
1: whoa, whoa. No. Yeah, Unacceptable, yeah. lady. Because I am <laughs> sure it was a woman who looked like Karen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's,
2: it's okay. It's okay. It's because I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and and again, they ask this, this individual to apologize, right? And then they come back and racial profiling and show me pictures of people who supposedly look like me, and show them to my colleagues. And they just slip it under the rug. Nothing is done. And once again, I can't do anything because it's a board member. If I say anything, my life is You're, on the line. Yeah, my job's your job's on the
0: job's line. On the so
1: line. I, That's bullshit. I, I, yeah.
2: You know, I wasn't even so thinking
1: I, about that stuff when I was in college <laughs> turning down teaching, but that's true. Like I was just thinking about how I wanted to teach mm-hmm. and that it would probably, mm-hmm. they would tell me no, essentially.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're at the, and that's the thing is you're at the will of the public. And I, and recently i act I, once again, I, I, I'm trying to do some things to help our teachers and support our teachers. Um, I, I recently met with some di- district individuals and, they literally said, I said, if someone's coming after my job as a school teacher, what is it can, that you can do for me to protect me as a teacher? I said, if parents are after me, what can you do for me to protect me? They literally said, we nothing. can't do anything. I yeah. said, they said nothing. Yeah. They said, if a parent comes in here and says anything, we have to listen to them. And we have to get to the bottom of the problem and we can't do anything if they come to your neighborhood and say bad things about you you can't do anything you have to call the authorities and call the police to protect yourself so,
1: like, that's literally
2: how bad it is that's so i have horrible. a question
1: is it any better in like private schools do you know i'm, not, I'm just curious
2: yeah no that's a good question I, I don't have the answer to that because i've never taught in the private sector done private um, Mm-hmm. yeah, I've never done. I've always been a public educator, so I I'm was not just quite curious. Sure. I'm sure I'm think it's probably sure, slightly better. yeah i would I would agree to that because they have jurisdiction and they're not they're not attached to what the government tells them to do because it's yeah. a set, totally separate entity. So yeah. I, I can guarantee that they do have some protections involved in their and they could probably
1: tell a a parent if you don't like it go
2: yeah there's the door (laughs) yeah there's the door but the public public
1: you don't you don't really do that they don't do
2: that no you don't get that chance Mm -mm. no 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 so yeah it's been a it's been a crazy journey for me um as a school teacher it and shit has hit the fan in my in my life it really has and it's really you know, it's really spiraled down into a deep hole two years ago. Again, mm-hmm. I almost lost my entire career because I was trying to save people's lives. Um, I won't go into detail about that because, once again, if I say something about that, people want to backlash. Yes. My- yeah, So I, no, I- understand. Gonna keep that. Yeah. So I'm going to keep that one on the rest. But <laughs> like I said, I-, I almost lost my entire career. And I went through the licensure plays. Uh, they're called UPAC, Licensure I don't even know what they're what the terminology is called, but they're the ones that are in charge of your license. And I was prosecuted by a prosecutor, a real lawyer, and I had to get my own lawyer. Wow. And they lit and, and they literally um, pretty much gave me the verdict, even with the evidence showing that I did the right thing in all the situations. <laughs> and it was pretty much cut and dry. They you did something wrong, you're out. So oh, man. Um, it's that's pretty, crazy. pretty, pretty crazy, pretty crazy experience. And so, I mean, that's why I've changed the direction of where I want to go with education and becoming a speaker and, and getting inside of schools and really teaching and, and what, I, what I teach and what I speak about is building a culture of love because in all of my situations, love was never present.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you at least figured it out, even though you had to go through a shitty situation to figure it out.
1: Yeah, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a journey, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the way up. I'm all on the way up.
0: So talk to us about, I'm guessing it's pronounced shape. You just spell it differently.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Yep, yep. And so uh, shape is, again, it's a way of showing love. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's it, As a basketball coach, culture is very, very important to me. Um, as a kid growing up, I was brought up in a, once again, an all African, com- African-American community. And the culture was always love. And it was always about respect. It was always about giving, not receiving it was always about controlling the things that you can control. Um, and that's what shape is about shape is about controlling what you can control. And I learned it at a basketball camp called point guard college. I embraced it and I changed it into my own. I even spoke to the, uh, director of the entire camp. The camp is actually one of the biggest basketball camps in the entire country, and I actually talked to the, the director about it. I've been given permission to kind of use it and turn it into my own, and I'm going out to the schools, and I'm teaching kids about how to shape themselves. Um, and SHAPE stands for strength and spirit, the courage to communicate, uh, humble uh, a humble attitude, which is the an H and the an A, but also humility is in that H, to be to to show humility in everything that you do. Um, P stands for passion and precision. Um, To find your passion, find what you love to do, and when you do it, do it the best you can and focus on the details so you can have success with that that passion. And then lastly is to enhance your environment, to make your environment um, that you're in better than how you found it. And you do that by giving your best effort using your positive energy and showing enthusiasm in everything you do. Um, and those are all things that you can control. Those are all things that use love. It is loving when you can control these things. And when you are shaping yourself every day, um when you try to shape other people, um good things happen. Teams becomes family. Um, Success always happens. You always overcome adversity and failures becomes into triumph. Um, And pain turns into positivity. Um, That's what shape does for us. And I've always heard the term, you know, you need to get yourself in shape, right? Yeah. (laughs) I never knew what that meant. I never knew what that meant. When someone said, get yourself in shape, okay? Uh, Am I round? Am I square? Or what do you mean by shape? Okay. (laughs) I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And when I heard that at this camp and they talked about how it's culture and how that shaping and molding yourself into a better person and a better basketball player by using yeah. these things, that's what it's truly about. And that's what sports or that's what extracurricular team thing, extracurricular activities like band, drama, choir, color guard, no matter what it is, if you're shaping yourself in that environment, you're going to leave it better than how you found it. And it's been something that's been really inspirational for me. and something I've leaned on through my tough times in my life.
0: I love it. I mean, what more do you need? (laughs) And now when I say I'm going to get
1: in shape, now I don't mean my body. (laughs) 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 Now I don't mean that I'm going to lose the baby
2: weight. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely a,
0: a more positive spin on get in shape you know i don't it's i like it mm-hmm. i do i love it
2: Ugh. it's different and, and like it's different and again um like just to kind of break a little bit of, of it down try to kind of get a little bit deeper like for instance the word spirit right um if we break down the word spirit and when i speak i try to break things down a little bit deeper spirit means it, it, there's a word in the greek that's it's called nema nema means breath mm-hmm. Spirit, I also learned that it's our breath, but I've also learned from a, a good friend of mine who was a Native American, spirit means the sharing of one's gift and the receiving of one's gift. Oh, that's beautiful. And in a Native, in, in Native culture, that's what they do to show their spirit. They give, they give something or they're receiving something. And so um, trying to teach my teams or my, my players, like you have a gift of scoring, you need to share that with someone. You have a gift of leadership. You need to share that with someone. As a as a person who's on our team, you have a role and you're really good at that role and this is your strength, but you need to share that with someone. And the more we do that and the more we receive that with one another, our, our, our unity becomes tighter. Our bonds become tighter. Our relationships become stronger. There's more trust. Um, there's more communication once again. And so we get a little bit even deeper in, In those aspects of our lives and then we can find something that's inside of us that we didn't know existed um and so again i i really try to study this stuff so i can really just give a very um uh what's the word i'm looking for here i shouldn't say intense it's not intense but a more detailed yeah like a more detailed and more uh what's the more a better frequency of what we are as people, you know. That that's 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 the important part. Is there's a frequency within each other that that wants to be around with each other and wants to connect with each other, so we can have positive memories in our lives. And that's what fate does. It yeah. brings a lot of positive positive energy and a positive positive And that we can all be that,
1: better to each other.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Be better to absolutely. each other and to be better to ourselves. Yeah. Correct. It's interesting Perfect. that you talked that awesome. about. Awesome. A- It's interesting too, that you talk about like the breath and the breath of life. Cause just coming from Hawaii, um, aloha actually to the Hawaiians, that's what it means is the present of breath or the breath of life. And when they say aloha to each other, they actually press their foreheads together and they breathe in each other's spirits. So it's a very similar thing to what you were talking about with the native Americans. Um, they believe in a way that it's a life of living and treating each other with love and respect. So it's the same type of, um, thing now i can't think of the word <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing it's the same type yeah, it's of a uh, similar ceremony thing. belief there you go mm-hmm. a similar yeah. belief yeah
2: yeah, yeah. 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 similar place. belief and like you said um kind of just, it's a it's a ceremony almost right yes. and that's what the native american culture does as well like they share a lot of ceremonies mm-hmm. and i was able to experience that as a basketball coach with my friend like my friend um who's a native American. He's of the Ute and Hopi tribe out here in, in Utah. And oh, cool. he does, uh, it's called a warrior song. And he, 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 our, our kids just had a very long season. We just made the playoffs. I'll kind of give you the experience because it's a pretty, pretty cool experience. Uh, we just finished making the playoffs, had a long grueling season. You know, we want to go into the playoffs with, you know, with some grit, with, what an attitude of, uh, of that. We're going to win this thing. So we're going to go all out and we're just going to go tear up the state tournament. Anyway, and what Alan did was he brought his, his members of his tribe in about five or six of them. They brought in their drum. They've got this huge drum and they all sit around um, the drum and they all have uh, what's the, what's the hammer thing called? I don't even know what it's called. Uh, the a drumstick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A drumstick. <laughs> drum That's what it's called. Yeah. Couldn't even Couldn't even think of the name. But a drumstick <laughs> and there's still five or six of them and they're pounding the drum and they're singing this most beautiful inspirational, just loving, uh, giving goosebumps down your spine, you know, song with the beat of the drum. You can feel the heart of the drum. You can just feel the power that it's giving you. And they're singing. You don't understand the words, but you understand the words that's how beautiful and and just immaculate that ceremony is. And what what they do is back in the day, that's what they do to send their warriors off the war. That was their gift that they were giving them because they didn't have a lot to give. And so they were sharing their spirit with their tribe and making sure that if they send their warriors off and they might not come back, that their spirit would always be with them. And I shared this with my team and it was just a, a memorable experience. I had kids crying. I had kids, oh, yeah. you know, smiling. I, you could just see kids just getting closer together. You can just feel the energy in our gym. Just turn to something special. It was just a, a, an amazing experience for my kids and for me as well, but more importantly for them, because that's, you know, that's what changes people. Those experiences are what impacts their lives so they can impact others when they go out into the world. And so that's what shape is about. It's just about that that true connection with our spirit and with our soul that we can give off to other people. And so it's just an amazing experience.
0: I have goosebumps now and I wasn't even there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's and that's what and that's what being a school teacher is pretty cool sometimes when it comes to that type of stuff. I mean, yeah. um, we're losing the, and we're losing those types of memories for our kids because of the direction that. You know the education system is going yeah. and we got to stop we got to stop that
0: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> well there's not much more to say than yeah because i didn't know that they were trying to do those types of laws because it's absolutely ridiculous yeah. to think that a parent can uh dictate school when the teacher is the educator, they have the schooling for it. The parent does not.
0: Listen, I did one year of at-home schooling because of COVID. Never again. N- no, I can't do it. There's a reason there's teachers.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and you need to let the teachers be teachers. Uh,
0: yeah. God bless the teachers because I couldn't No. Yeah. I love my kid, yeah, but say, I was ready to push yeah. him out the
2: door. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was. I'm a school teacher. I'm a school teacher and I've got four kids that are all elementary age except for one. And it was a nightmare and I'm a school teacher. So that's how I know you're like, oh, teachers are needed. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh, this is nuts. I cannot do this. <laughs> it was crazy. No. It was, I crazy, only had one. Time.
0: I can't imagine doing it with four. I mean, I had enough hard enough time with one. <laughs> yeah Yeah, it's because he knows he can give mom attitude (laughs) no they're in their they're in their own house like they don't care it's just all the things all the things yeah that's true
1: how is it being a um like remote uh gym teacher like what do you guys do Uh what's your day like i'm just curious i meant to ask this earlier but
2: you're good no it's actually um it's honestly boring That's the, that's the first word that comes to mind when it comes to this, um, this type of, uh, just, there's not a lot of interaction and I'm I'm an active guy. Um, Mm -hmm. but honestly, the, the, the online schooling is for the kids who want to progress a little bit faster. So um, they get things quicker. They, um, they interact a little bit more. They send a lot of emails, um. It's hard to not do it in person, but it's, it's, it's beneficial for the kids who that's one thing about education is we've got to get to a place where we, I shouldn't say satisfy everyone's need, but give everyone opportunity to do it the way they want to do it do because it. Everyone's, yeah. di- everyone's different. And so this gives the kids who want that, that opportunity, the less social kids, this is something that's good for them because they don't want, like to be around people. They don't, they're more self-conscious because I get a lot of emails saying, hey, hey coach, I, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. Is there something else I can do? Oh, absolutely. I'm more than happy to work with you. Let's do this instead. Right. And so that's cool. There's good, there's there's good things that's there in the online world. Is it the best way to learn? Uh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> because, because you need that social interaction to you yeah. know, communicate with people. You need that that connection with the, the human race to really um find out who you truly are. And if you don't have that um, ability, you, you become a, I, like I said, I don't want to label anybody, but you become this loner and you become a person who's hard to communicate with and you don't know how to communicate. So you don't know how to express yourself and you don't know how to, you know, when you're angry to express that to someone in the right way. So yeah. there's just, you know, things Literally like that, listing
1: that, off everything I knew about this one girl who was homeschooled.
2: <laughs> um, Sorry. Know, it's still, no, it's okay. <laughs> but but that's the you know, and I'm not trying to downplay anyone because everyone you know everyone's is their own different person. Yeah, everyone's different, but at the same time you do need social skills. You do need you no know, life skills to you know get through socialization life. skills. Well, and we social are social beings. Yeah.
0: I mean we are. Yes, That's uh-huh.
2: there's there's no
0: getting around that.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's just and, at
1: different
0: levels.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep,
0: yep. So what's some advice that you can leave our listeners with and any way for people to get in touch with you if they want to?
2: Yeah, sure. Um my my takeaway from this is one, learn how to shape yourself. Um, because if you learn how to shape yourself, you can be someone's light and someone's darkness. Right? That that's the key to making this world a better place. Is everyone's going through their difficulties. Everyone has an issue. Everyone has a problem. There's no one on this planet that, that that's not going to see a problem come their way. It will come your way. It's not a matter of if it's just when. When is it going to happen? And when it happens, someone needs to be there. Someone needs to help you get through that. And that's what SHAPE does. SHAPE allows people to be a light in someone's darkness, to show spirit, to, to let someone communicate, to, to be humble enough to just open your ears and listen, listen with your heart and not with your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to be passionate about other people and what they're great at and to let them shine, to let them, you know, use their gifts to change the world the way they want it, to change it, right? And, and again, when you're when you're being a light in someone's darkness, you allow, you allow yourself and you allow your environment to be left better than how you found it. And that's what we wanna do with people. When we make an impact and we communicate with someone, we always wanna to try to leave that person feeling better than what they were before you met them. And that's what I'm trying to do here. That's what I'm trying to do when I speak. And that's what I try to do as a teacher. Um, and if I can do that and try my best to do that, and by no means, am I perfect? I do make mistakes. I am a human being. Mm-hmm. I say things that aren't always the best. I get angry. I yell. I scream. I'm a basketball coach. And sometimes I yell at my kids too much. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if I can look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what? I try my best to feel be like someone's darkness. I've done the best I can. And, and the world will be a better place for it. I can go to bed, put my head on the pillow and know I did my job.
0: For sure, absolutely.
1: All right, you have anything else to add?
2: Oh, that's right. Um, If you want (laughs) to, if you want to hit me up. Sorry, I missed that part once again. I'm not about. No, you're fine. Um, But if you do want to hit me up, you can hit me up on cultureoflove.com. That's my website. That's where you can find my speaker information. If you want to book me as a speaker, if you just want to even talk to me and, and get some ideas about your child and education what you can do to help them come better i'm more than help more than happy to help any way i can uh, to inspire and to lead and motivate our kids because they're gonna be the ones leading the next generation and we need them to to be at their best when they get there
0: yes i love it we sure do (laughs) Mm -hmm. so this is how to
1: deal when shit gets real guys we will see you every other friday and uh, we'll see y'all next episode